Hello, curiosity seekers. Welcome to Dissecting Medical History. I'm Ange. I'm a travel nurse, medical history enthusiast, and your host. If you're looking for a storytelling formatted podcast with fun and fascinating topics on history and bios, then you are in the right spot. Please note this is not in any way medical advice. If you have anything that's ever discussed in any of the podcast episodes, please seek medical attention. Now, let's get this story started. Let's see. So today I am bringing Mel back. Hello. <laughs> Hello. I got Candy my deep go. voice going today. <laughs> I can go really low. I can go low. I have my voice back. I, I was on medication that made my voice awful, cracked. <laughs> it's not 100% back yet because it's still like a little rough. But it's so much better than it was. Okay, today I have a Asian American story to tell. There's been a lot of Asian hate lately, which I think is very un, very regrettable and disgusting. Yeah. And I wanted to do a highlight of a lady that was very celebrated during a time when there was a lot of Asian racism. She, I was reading about her and watched the documentary, and she's amazing. So I wanted to share that with the listeners. Her name's Margaret Chung. Margaret Chung. She was the first Chinese American physician in California. Not just first Chinese American woman, but first Chinese American physician. Margaret was the oldest out of 11 children. Wow. Big that's family. That's a lot of kids. She was born in Santa Barbara, California. I love Santa Barbara. My husband has a lot of family in Santa Barbara. Yeah. 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 Or he did at some point. Anyway. In 18, she was born in 1889. She was born to Christian parents that were from China. Her father was in charge of a farm in Ventura County. Now, just prior to this, there was some rule that was like banning Chinese from working. It was a, yeah, it was a big really? thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but this was after her birth. Um, but there was still a lot of prejudice um, yeah. against the Chinese. Her father was in charge of a farm in Ventura County that was, that's kind of like the top of Southern California mm-hmm. um, on the coast, in case anybody doesn't know. Um, when her and it's Santa Barbara, not Santa, Santa, Barbara, Santa Barbara. Um, when her parents became sick with tuberculosis, the responsibility of taking care of the family fell to her. She was still attending school. She worked. She cared for her siblings, took care of her mother, who was very sick. And on top of that, they were living a life of poverty. Um, and, and it was just a time of harsh racism against Asians. Mm-hmm. Now, Margaret's dream was to become a medical missionary worker back in China. She always wanted to do that. And to make her way in the world, she hustled. She did well enough in school to earn scholarships, not only to college, but to medical school. Nice. She also had a side job selling subscriptions to the Los Angeles Times, and she sold medical equipment. She's a busy woman. Yeah, she was hustling. And with 11, I feel like... With 11 siblings, or 10 other siblings, yeah. that they could help her a little bit. <clears throat> I'm sure she wasn't doing that all on her own. I hope not. But, but I think because of the work ethic, she they probably are very, very good at... Um, oh, yeah. If she had that kind of work, work ethic, I imagine her siblings probably yeah. did, too. So in 1916, Margaret graduated from the University of Southern California College of Physicians and Surgeons to become the very first Chinese-American doctor in the U.S. Nice. During the during school, she started to dress kind of in a masculine attire. 
And when kind of like how we're both dressed right now, pants. No, she was in a suit. Oh, really? Okay, so actually masculine, mm-hmm. not just masculine for the time. Yeah. Okay. We're kind of just. This yeah. Because I mean, this is. This I is mean, cash. back in those days, we're wearing jeans and t-shirts. But I mean, California back in those cash. days. Yeah, she was wearing. Well, to to in medical school, they did dress nice. It was formal, right? Yeah. She was wearing. She, some of the pictures I'd seen of her, she was wearing a suit. Mm. So she was dressed nice. Nice. Um. And she went by the name Mike or Mickey. Okay. And she looked like a she looked like a boy, but yeah. she they said throughout her life she would evolve and change yeah. for however the time was. She obviously not only was she a woman, she was also Asian. She was going to get a lot of pushback, yeah. a lot of prejudice. Right. So she did what she had to do in order to push the boundaries. Mm-hmm. I think at one point she said something about what they were walking all over her. So she started um, playing it tough and yeah. then they would just eat it up. Oh, it's like she was just being, if she was being that, that, that type of person where she wasn't going to take it. Right. Then they would just eat it up. Yeah. Like kind of like that femme fatale, the harder you are on someone, yeah. the more they want it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of <laughs> like that. Okay. So, but she, she would go in and out of these different, social dressing personas and and whatnot but but back then that's what she did she dressed in a full suit okay. um she did her internship in chicago in a women's hospital she did have a really hard time finding an internship yeah um, being a woman and resident yep yeah but her first job out of medical school was not the ob route she um did learn some of that at the women's hospital but she did become a resident at a state hospital for the insane in Kanaki, oh. Illinois. Interesting. Um, of course, like I said, it was not easy to find that residency, but they did end up appointing her to, as a criminologist in the state of Illinois. Uh, uh, that was kind of cool. But her dad cool. had died, and so she came back to California to help with her siblings. She took a job as a surgeon at the Santa Fe Railroad Hospital. Now, that was kind of like plastic surgery type work, but okay. it was also kind of emergency type work. Yeah. Where there might be accidents and then they would be pulling some of like shrapnel out of someone's eye or something. Oh, okay. So it's not, it's not like liposuction cosmetic surgery right. to look prettier. It's to right. Fix. Although she did do some of that later when uh-huh. she started a practice in Hollywood. Interesting. But she did. That's do, where the money is. I think that's what she found. But she, <laughs> she did learn a lot about surgery. She, she gained a lot of skills in that capacity as it's kind of like an ER type of situation. Mm. And then, so she eventually opened up her own practice that became very successful. Her clientele included celebrities from Hollywood. She had Mary Pickford as one of her clients, which her Mary Pickford's brother is in one of my Poison episodes. Oh. She knew John Wayne, Ronald Reagan. Ronald Reagan. Ronald Reagan. Ronald Reagan. Tennessee Williams. Wow. And a ton of others. Um, Yeah. She... In 1922, moved to San Francisco and opened up a clinic in Chinatown. She was the first American doctor to have a practice in Chinatown. Nice. Through this clinic, she opened, she was able to do medical missions that she had always dreamed of doing as a girl. Oh, cool. So she got to go back to China to... No, I don't know if she actually did, but she Uh did, she did get to be involved in helping with missions. Okay. Um, I didn't read if she did or not. Okay. In 1925, she helped found 
She might have, though. Yeah. In 1925, she helped found a hospital that practiced OBGYN and pediatrics in Chinatown. There were no Chinese doctors practicing in Chinatown. Um, and she was still dressing kind of in a masculine attire. Mm -hmm. In 1930s, she was dressing more feminine, but it was kind of her own style. Mm -hmm. There was one point where she said that she had a little tiny carry canary cage wristlet. <laughs> She would wear furs. Interesting. Yeah, she was very, <laughs> she was very eccentric. Yeah. Um. And but not only did she devote her time helping the unfortunate, she was practically a celebrity herself. Hmm. She would move around in all these social circles, um, with the LGBT community, social hmm. el um, elites, Americans, soldiers, or even celebrities. Like she, she was so good at moving around in these circles. It reminds yeah. me of this movie. You probably hadn't seen it because. I'm I'm an old movie buff. It's called Anti Anti Mame. No, never heard of it. I can't remember. I think it's Rosalind. Oh, I can't remember. Anyway, the the character she was like this socialite, rich, and she inherited her brother died, and she got her nephew uh -huh. and raised her nephew. But she was like always having parties, and like she knew everybody, mm -hmm. scientists, celebrities, um. The LGBT community, she yeah. knew, she knew, um, military, like she just mm -hmm. had that right. And this, this reminds me of her. Yeah. But speaking of that, they did make a movie of her. Oh, they did. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, so anyway, so she, she was a very colorful person, had her own style. Like I said, loved furs, would go out, um, and be feminine or masculine, mm -hmm. whatever she saw fit. She pushed the limits on what was normal. Um, on Sundays, she would have dinner parties of 75 to 100 people. Wow. She loved cooking. I have no idea how you could cook for cook that many for people. for that many people? The, she said, I wouldn't even cook for myself. <laughs> I couldn't imagine. They said she cooked. They She did the cooking, but the rules were that the men had to do the dishes or mop the floors. Nice. But again, how do you cook for that many people? Like, it'd have to be chilly in like 10 crock pots. I know. Or something. I don't or know. Just a big industrial sized it's everything. Like a, it's a day long endeavor, I'm sure. Yeah. I don't know. That sounds awful. But she probably had, she probably had help. I'm sure she probably had help. When the war broke out in 1932 against Japan, they, Japan had attacked China uh -huh. and the Americans were helping China. Mm -hmm. She asked the government if she could go to China to help. But they denied her. They said that she would be better off helping from home. So she ended up organizing help to China in 700 cities. Wow. Fundraisers all over. They thought she would. Um, well, she ended up befriending a group of pilots that she formed this little club with her at her home. Hmm. She recruited, recruited them to help in the war efforts. And by little, I mean, there was like over a thousand of these pilots that she Wow. Be that became her adopted sons. They called themselves the fair-haired bastards. <laughs> and they called her mom. Aww. The group included them and the Kiwis and the Golden Dolphins and the submarine men. The group also had women and high-ranking officers. Like she, she really had a lot of influence and they loved her. She was such a patriot and just such a big hearted person yeah. um and there was a movie called king of chinatown that was about her and there was even comic books about her really mm -hmm. wow like she like that was the social the, the, the sign of the times like did, it was 
yeah some of the comic books i couldn't read the print but you could definitely tell it looked like her like they yeah. made the comic books look like her um she would keep in touch with these with her sons through letters and care packages and this is what amazes me the most she sent out four thousand handwritten christmas cards Every year. Oh, my God. Along with small <laughs> gifts like hand-carved jade. I make my own Christmas cards. I make oh. about 100. Oh, that's cool. It takes so much time I to handwrite 100. Christmas cards at all because I'm lazy. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lost art. But yeah. 4,000 handwritten wow. cards. I couldn't I couldn't yeah. imagine doing 100 it handwritten I can't ones even do, either. I can't do 100 in, like, it takes me a week to do those. Oh, my God. Anyway, so it blew my mind. And... <laughs> she kept all the letters and publications and gifts that were sent to her. Some of the lynch, the letters hinted to a lesbian relationship with famous people. Oh, okay. Um, and it was rumored that the government blacklisted her after the war because of the suspicion of sexual, her sexual, her sexual orientation. Wow. Margaret was larger than life. She was a mar- larger than life supporter of women's rights and, and America she used her influence to help pass bills that let women join the military. One, thank you. One of her Margaret. sons. <laughs> yeah, you'll you'll like this. One of her sons, he was number four four seven of the um, little club. Mm-hmm. Brigadier General Melvin Mace, hmm. who became a senator in Minnesota, sponsored the bill that she helped create called Women's Naval Reserves. Oh, the ice waves. Yeah, the waves. I've heard of the waves. She was denied entrance, though, into the same group that she helped create. And it may be because she was a little older at the time. It could be because of her Chinese descent. Mm -hmm. Or it could be because she was rumored to be a lesbian. So when I joined the Navy in 2007, I had to sign a thing attesting that I would not be gay. Oh, my I'm not even joking. The don't ask, don't tell thing was still around when I was in. They did away with it a few years after I joined. But I remember reading that and I was like, what is this? Yeah. Yeah. It was crazy. Can I, you believe 2007? I I can't even. Yeah. I th- Didn't they reinstate it with what's his name? I not that I know of. I know oh, okay. I know a lot of people that I have think been he openly. wanted to. <laughs> he probably did. He banned trans transgender people again mm. after they were allowed in under Obama. Um, but uh, yeah, I think so. they reversed that back again. So that's good. But no, I know a lot of people that were in the military. It makes me nervous because I do know, gay. I do know military people that are um, lesbian. Yeah. And it always makes me nervous for them. Yeah. Because of the culture that's just ridiculous. Yeah. It's changed a lot. It really has. Um, And maybe because I was in the medical field. But, I mean, people were very open about it where I worked. So, yeah, it's changed for the better. And I don't know how it is on ships and stuff, though, still. so. Well, she was, like I said, denied. So, but she was, she was still... um, doing things to help others like she didn't let it like get her down after world war ii she did retire and her adopted sons bought her a house Aww. um she died in 1959 at the age of 69 and the coffin was carried by some very important military people as well wow. as a music conductor there was hundreds of people that attended her funeral That's amazing yeah it's pretty. It's pretty fascinating. Her, she was a pretty amazing lady. She she is. I love the picture, and I'm gonna put it on Facebook. 
of her in her fur white fur coat yeah i want to see that great big with her little birdcage thing <laughs> well i didn't i couldn't find the birdcage but the fur coat in the back like it's the the collar is so high yeah she looks so elegant and um there's another picture of her when she's a little older but she yeah she was quite the character and yeah. it's kind of cool that she was here in san francisco yeah that is really cool yeah and yeah. in hollywood like yeah got connections to both she's been all up and down that's awesome so yeah, quite the quite the life for the doctor too. Like, yeah, the, the glamorous life that yeah. she led. Yeah, the OBG and the and she kept these. She kept her her celebrity friend for a long time. Like it sounded like she was not only social, but she kept those friends a long time. Yeah, like I can't keep up with the friends I got. Right, keep up right? with four thousand <laughs> plus I know. people. That's amazing. I, know. I have a friend that tried to call me the other day that I know from Washington, <laughs> and I still haven't called her back. I need to call her back. I feel oh, bad. Yeah, Mark just haven't had time. It's gonna put you to shame. I know yeah. with her four thousand Christmas cards. <laughs> I know. I gotta up my game oh, next year. Oh my god! I gotta up my game. Oh. But the thing is, for me too, I I usually keep it at a hundred, but then, like. Each year, I'm like, oh, you know what? I haven't heard from this person in a long time. Yeah. Like text or phone or whatever. And I'm like, and I take them off the list. Oh, okay. And and so my list is constantly changing. Yeah. But always stick to about 100. And then, of course, I do have the, I make cards that are like a lot quicker to make. Yeah. And I'll I'll have those too. But yeah, I'm, I'm a card maker. So nice. I, I do what I do. And next year or this year for Christmas, I'm going to do some special like, anatomy type oh, christmas card yeah. for my listeners on patreon oh, cool. and yeah oh and just special nice. listeners so that'll be fun Aww. but anyway so that is margaret chung she is an amazing person if you ever get a chance to check her out there's some books about her i want to go see that movie i want to i want to rent that movie the um about her life yeah. or i don't know that she's it's based on her yeah yeah so anyway thanks cool. again for listening to the story and Thanks, everybody, for and I hope you enjoyed it, and we'll catch you in the next episode. Bye. Bye, everybody. <laughs> Going to have to get a hold of some Versed so really you can you. sing for me and yeah. not remember it. <laughs> I have a funny Versed story. Oh. Have you had it? I had. So I had a protrusion in my spine. Ouch. Yeah, it, between my ten T10 and T11. Mm-hmm. And it was hitting a nerve and it was causing a lot of pain. Mm. And so they did the series of injections. The first injection, I went into this pain management and I, of course, I wanted to be the pain reliever, right? I wanted to, yeah. I, I don't want to feel, I don't want to remember. So they did the injection and it was Versed. And then when I was leaving, I was with my mom, I believe, and I was in the elevator and this guy was in the elevator with me. He was a technician or something. And he said, he goes, really, don't forget, check the thunder from down under when you go to <laughs> Vegas. And I was like, what the hell is he talking uh... about? I didn't understand what he was talking about. So I went to look it up when I got home. My mom was like, what were you doing in that in that room? Like, <laughs> what are you looking what are you talking at? About? What were you talking about with these people? I'm like, I have no idea. Shopping for banana hammocks. Well, I didn't know what that was. <laughs> So apparently I was talking in during my Versed about an upcoming trip to Vegas I was taking. Oh, okay. And so he I guess he told me to check out the Thunder from Down. 
I didn't know what that was. It was a strip. It's like yeah, a, it's yeah. like a male Chippendales yeah. type thing, but with Australians, Australians, right? And Vegas. <laughs> And I'm like, here I live with my mom. And I'm like, why are we talking about this in front of my mom? <laughs> I don't, I didn't even remember talking about it during the procedure. And so, yeah. So I'm like, why would I be talking? But I have a history of talking too much when I'm on something. So like I've had wisdom <laughs> teeth off and I remember being gassed and they were, I, they were gassing me and I was telling them this recipe of, for a cake. So when I woke up, they're like, we need to know the rest of the recipe. <laughs> What what what's the what's the fit what's the end and I'm like what like <laughs> apparently I was telling about like you take a a premixed cake mm-hmm. and you all you do is add a can of Coke oh and it makes a really good moist cake oh okay yeah but I didn't tell them the finish I just said it was the most best cake you've ever had in your life and you add a and then I was out <laughs> so, and nobody ever got to try that cake <laughs> so when i woke up they're like what were you saying i'm like i don't know you tell me but anyway for this procedure they gave me versed and i i was like oh my gosh i don't know what i was saying and i went to vegas a couple weeks later i was feeling so good like for months i was in so much pain so much pain and i went from all of this sharp pain to like like flexible best shape of white whatever i went dune bugging Uh uh-oh which i don't recommend you do after you do you've had an injection in your spine just because it shrinks it doesn't mean you're invincible nothing bad happened luckily but i thought if i went to the next injection which was like a month or two later or something. Yeah. I didn't want to talk about Vegas. I didn't want to admit to the doctor that you went to that I Thunder went... from Down no, Under. I did go to the Thunder from Down Under. I did go. I went because I, I was a trip with my friend. Uh... And we, I'm like, well, I have to check it out. But I also didn't want to talk about the dune bugging. Oh, okay. So I told them, I said, let's not do the, the unconscious stuff this time. Because like, you didn't want to accidentally I didn't want to talk something. too much. I didn't want to talk too much. So then I, uh, I, I did. Um, so I didn't do it, and then I regretted it because it hurt like hell. Aww. It hurt like heck. I'm big. Maybe you stick a knife in my, not a knife, a, a knife. needle in my Oof. spine. <laughs> so the third time, I didn't care what I took or like what I said. I was gonna have that versed. Did they find out about the dune buggies? They did not, but <laughs> let me tell you. Okay, here's here's another part of this story that's really funny. I love telling the story. So, the third injection, and yeah, I never did talk about the dune bugging, but I did feel guilty for a long time, and I didn't care if I was going to talk about it. The third <laughs> time, I had already paid off my, I had a truck, and I paid it off. And of course, you know, once you pay off something, that's when things go wrong. Mm-hmm. So I was going using it that day and it didn't start Mm. and so of course right i'm like of course it broke down i called AAA. they said it's not the battery i don't know what it is blah 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 okay yeah well fine i my i think my folks took me to that appointment and when i got home i thought you know what i really need (sighs) you know what screw it i called i called the car uh, a used car company and and I was looking at their website and I said, I wanna buy I wanna buy a Camaro convertible. Oh. It was really nice. Fancy. And they said, Well they said, Well when can you and I said, I, I can't come till tomorrow because I don't have a ride, but I'll I'll come tomorrow. It was like mm-hmm. I think it was Friday and I was gonna go on Saturday. They said, Oh, well, we can bring it to you. We can pick you up. 
I was like, okay. And then I saw this other car. It was a Saab, beautiful uh-huh. white convertible. And I'm like, nope. <laughs> I want that one. Change my mind. So they drove it to my house, picked wow. me up. Yeah. It was a beautiful car. Wow. That thing was sexy as heck. <laughs> and I drove it back to the lot. I bought it. Nice. Drove it home. Sold my truck to my mom for a dollar. <laughs> and then was like, I got a call. I'm not kidding you. Like an hour after I got home from the pain management, uh-huh. like saying, and they never did this before. This is my third shot there. My yeah. third procedure, three out of three. They said, don't do any, don't make any big decisions today. <laughs> Don't, you know, make sure you're with someone. Oh. Especially, I've, I had never heard that before. I was by myself and I bought a car. <laughs> and I'm like, um, oh. yeah, I just bought a car. Oh. And they were like, thought I was kidding. I said, no, my car didn't work today. And I bought a car. It was like, impu- because I guess when you're under, when you have oh. the, you're more impulsive. <laughs> yeah. You can't get much more impulsive. Yeah. <laughs> And so they still tell that story. (laughs) (laughs) Is this like the warning for other patients? Right, exactly. I had this patient that went out and bought a car. And that's happened before, like later. Probably not an inexpensive car, I would guess. Yeah, so I I take it seriously now. If I have to have any gas or anything, I make sure that I there's someone around me. Because another time when I had some, I think it was a root canal. Uh For me, I have to go, I have to be put under. Right. Or have some, because... Of the way my jaw is, I have TMJ. Uh-huh. And so this other time, my cu- my cousin was supposed to watch me. Mm-hmm. Well, the next day, there was like all of this whipped cream in my refrigerator. <laughs> and I said, why is there whipped cream in what? my refrigerator? <laughs> she said, she said, I don't know, you wanted to go to the store and you bought whipped cream. And I'm like, that's why you're supposed to watch me. Don't let me go. <laughs> so when you get weird drugs from the dentist or the doctor, you go impulse shopping for cars and whipped cream. Yep. Cars and whipped cream. They're both white. Whipped cream is delicious. I can make a meal out of that. I did, probably. I, I don't know why I wanted hot chocolate. It was January. I okay, so I'm I'm one of these people and my husband does this too. You get the can of whipped cream and you just spray it right into your mouth. You're sitting at the fridge trying to look for something to eat. Uh ah, have a little squirt well, of whipped cream. A little snack before my snack. I share it with my dog too. I give her a little squirt. You you squirt it and let it fall and she catches it. Oh my gosh. That's so funny. Uh, okay. Well, anyway, that's my first said story. Well, that's good to know. <laughs> that's good to know. I I, I, lo- to... I love that car too. It was sexy. Yeah. How long did you, you didn't like give it back after that. Did you, you it didn't go a, return it? It was no. Oh, okay. It was a lemon and. Oh, was it? It ended up being a lemon. It was Aww. a sob that did, it was bankrupt and they, you couldn't get the parts anymore. Oh. So I ended up having to trade it in and they wouldn't let me sell it back. Oh, that's I mean, they wouldn't let me just take my truck because it turned out that the truck only needed a battery. Oh. AAA was wrong. Oh. Yeah. So I told I sold my Aww. truck for a dollar. <laughs> yeah. It was, that uh, sucks. But I, I did have the car for a few months and then, um, yeah, I ended up getting a, another convertible. I hope you enjoyed today's mental vacation from your current life. If you did and are curious for more, please subscribe. Before you go, if you have anything to add to today's show or you have a topic that you think is worthy of dissection, please reach out on dissectingmedicalhistory.com or Instagram on dissectingmedicalhistory. Thank you and stay curious.